Hello and welcome to another episode of Second Hand Stories. This is a place where I tell you stories. What kind? Well, histories, mysteries and unbelievable stories. Today's story is a story of history and is a story specifically of Indian history. It's also a story that tells you how history is basically ripples turning into waves and how small events have outsized and surprising outcomes this is the story of a corporation a pirate and an emperor and it begins in 2021 in 2021 a man finds gold coins in america he finds them in rhode island and to find any kind of gold coins is a thing to to be celebrated but when he looks at these gold coins he notices that they have inscriptions in arabic and he's surprised because he now has a suspicion that he could have hit upon a lost treasure this is the lost treasure that belonged to a pirate called henry every and he had looted it from an emperor called aurangzeb this is the story of how this all came about henry every was born in 1659 or thereabouts he was born in england in a place called devon devon is on the southwest of england and it's a place that produces a lot of sailors it produces people who have gone on to serve in the navy of england with distinction but it also has produced a lot of the world's most notorious pirates so he's born in devon and very early on he joins the royal navy and he serves there for many years with distinction in fact he was also part of the nine years war which is basically a war that england and its allies uh, waged against france he serves there and there is evidence that he was also in a in a battle called the battle of beachy head which basically ends in disaster for the english it's at this point in the year 1690 that henry every decides to leave the navy he leaves the navy and that's when his life starts going sideways because after he leaves the navy he joins what is basically the slave trade he becomes a slave trader working for the governor of bermuda Henry Every joins the slave trade and he makes an immoral act illegal. Okay because around this time there was a company called the Royal African Company that had monopoly over slave trade. Them and them alone were the only company that could dislocate people and treat them like commodities. That was their distinction. And nobody else could do it. So which is why Henry Every was operating outside the bounds of the law when he became a slave trader working for the governor of bermuda he used to take people from africa and sell them in places in the americas now this he does until the year 1693 in 1693 he gets an opportunity to do something grand and do something legal in 1693 there was a merchant and a member of parliament a man called james hoblon 
who along with some other wealthy investors decides to start a venture. Now this enterprise is going to be called the Spanish Expedition Shipping. It was done in conjunction with the Spanish king. James Hublon had arranged this because he had made his fortune selling Spanish wines. So he had contacts in Spain uh, through whom he basically organized this expedition. The king of Spain had given them legal charter to sail under the Spanish flag and a, a crew had to be sent to the Spanish West Indies to carry out a bunch of tasks. Here's what the expedition sought out to do. They were going to be obviously trading. They were going to be supplying arms to the Spanish. They were going to be fighting the French. And the way they would really be making money would be to salvage treasure that had sunk on Spanish ships in the Caribbean. So it was these tasks and tasks of high adventure and great risk that Henry Every signed up for. James Hublon had put in a lot of money. They had eventually created four ships for this expedition. And one of the ships was called Charles II. This was the best amongst this fleet. And it was especially distinguished because it was one of the fastest ships that was created at the time. James Hublon and his investors now start putting together a crew. In charge of these four ships is an admiral called Don Byrne. And Henry Every manages to make it onto these ships as the first mate, which is pretty high up in the pecking order. And he gets this job because of his experience in the Navy. They set sail in August of 1963. And right from the beginning, this expedition was going to be ill-fated. They were supposed to reach Spain in about two weeks time. But they end up reaching there in five months. It's a long journey and when they land up in Spain, they dock in a place called A Coruña. There the ship is made to wait and the men are told that legal documents are arriving from Madrid. Until these documents arrive, the ships can't leave. So the men are now stuck in A Coruña. They start waiting and days turn into weeks and weeks turn into months. It's a long wait and it's not a pleasant wait because waiting on this ship is difficult. Although the Charles II was a state-of-the-art ship for its time, it was still pretty difficult to live on because the ship wasn't extremely large and keep in mind there were about a hundred people along with cargo on this ship. So the captain had decent quarters but the rest of the men were cramped in a space that was about 6,000 square feet. They were sleeping shoulder to shoulder in hot sweltering conditions. The ceilings were low, it was claustrophobic, very dimly lit and sanitation conditions were horrible. Disease was rife and through this all the men have nothing to do. As the wait prolongs, the men start getting suspicious. They start wondering if they themselves have been sold into slavery. What's worse, the money stops coming in. The money that was promised for this expedition, one of the big allures of this expedition, one of the reasons that Henry Every himself had joined was that the pay was good and that the fortune they were going to make was even better. But now, as the men were waiting all these months, the pay has stopped. 
their wives try to petition but they're rebuffed then the men petition and this petition reaches james hublon who quickly realizes that if he pays these men they will immediately get off the ship and disappear into spain never to return and so he doesn't give them their money and eventually mutiny starts arising from these ships and it's led by none other than henry every this guy starts talking in hushed tones to other people on the boat and eventually he gets them to side with his idea of robbing one of the ships and setting sail and doing as they pleased on the open seas they decide to pull off this plan on the 7th of may 1694 that night the admiral don burn is scheduled to sleep on land so he has left the ships and that's when these guys decide to get away with charles the second the fastest ship in the fleet the captain of charles the second happened to be ill that night he was in bed and when he wakes up he sees that the ship is already in motion he's shocked he goes up to the deck and he's met by henry every and he asks henry what is going on and henry says well we're making a break for it and at this point he gives the captain a choice it's a pretty generous choice what he tells him is either you can remain captain of the ship but you have to side with us or we'll let you leave the captain decides that he's not going to join these men he tells them that i am not going to betray the owner of the ship and so a long boat is lowered and the captain and 16 other men are allowed to get on it so the men leave and uh, as they're rowing to the shore they look and pretty soon the fastest boat in their fleet has escaped into the horizon henry every has converted charles the second into a pirate vessel and he renames it into the fancy now as henry every has led his men into piracy many 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 miles away in india something else is unfolding at this time in 1694 the emperor of the northern part of india is aurangzeb he goes by the title alamgir which is basically universe conqueror and considering the amount of land he had conquered it was pretty apt for the time aurangzeb at this point in time is one of the wealthiest men in the world he is the jeff bezos of the 1690s and he was also uh, as we all know he was part of the the great lineage of the moguls starting all the way from babar he was going to be the last of the great moguls and he was also the most religiously rigid he had also built a magnificent boat the boat he had built was called the ganj e sawai it was a 1500 ton behemoth and it was built for a very express reason it was built so that aurangzeb could send his extended court and his royal family to mecca for the hajj this giant boat the ganj e sawai would set sail from india and it would go all the way to uh, mecca by sea now this was a 
pretty treacherous journey the reason this was a very treacherous journey was because the ship had to go through a particular strait a very small and narrow piece of water called the bab al mandab now the bab al mandab is a strait that's in between yemen and africa it's a very thin sliver of water and it creates a bottleneck before you reach the red sea now this piece of uh, water is crucial because when this bottleneck happens there are people lying in wait and these people are pirates these waters were infested with pirates this strait is still there today and it also forms a pirates nest for somalian pirates today because it used to go through these treacherous waters the uh, ganje sawai is equipped with 80 guns it had 400 soldiers on it and 800 pilgrims it wasn't just a religious trip that it was going to make it was also going to be doing trade and so on this ship used to be calico used to be spices and a lot of gold so the ship set sail and uh, it's going to be reaching mecca and coming back the year it's coming back is 1695 it was a full year after henry every had created mutiny and taken away the charles the second which he had now renamed the fancy between the years of 1694 and 1695 the fancy was pillaging and pirating they were able to uh, take down a lot of ships which then led to a lot of profit a lot of loot and a lot of men joined them eventually the numbers on the fancy grew to 150 men this included people who could fight people who were sailors and people who were slaves henry every was doing all these things because he had a plan the plan was very simple he wanted to bulk up his resources because he was going to pull off a heist he takes this boat and starts sailing towards yemen and there he is going to wait because he has heard that an indian fleet which is extremely rich in bounty is going to be passing by heading back to india from mecca so the fancy makes its way up the bab al mandab and it reaches a small horseshoe shaped island called perim which is just off the coast of yemen and there the lion wait waiting for the ganje sawai to come back and as he is waiting at perim something strange starts happening in perim ships have started coming in one then another then a third then a fourth then a fifth these ships have all come to perim and they have one thing in common each of these ships is being captained by a pirate the pirates had all heard of this bounty that was about to float by and each of them had come in seeking their fortune now henry every realizes that either they can all squabble amongst themselves and risk losing the entire bounty or they could cooperate so he calls the captains they have a discussion and it's agreed that all these ships are now going to cooperate and collaborate henry every started off in the royal navy and now he's commanding an armada of pirates so the ships lie in wait the idea was that they were going to hide out in the strait of babal mandab and wait as the ships coming from mecca would pass by 
one night they've got lookouts waiting for these ships but the lookouts don't look out and the ships pass by in the night without the pirates knowing the next morning they realize the mistake but by then their ship with all their bounty has reached open waters the pirates are obviously furious and the lookouts must have been punished extremely severely possibly marooned or killed but they start giving chase now the gunjasavai didn't travel alone it used to have a fleet of ships with it including one other pretty large ship called the fateh mohammed the fateh mohammed belonged to a man called abdul ghafar who was one of the richest men from surat and after a few days the pirates are able to get close to the fateh mohammed and a ferocious fight breaks out a pirate ship called the amity was the one that first engaged the fateh mohammed however the fateh mohammed is able to escape but they're weakened and their will and resolve has been crushed so eventually when the fancy uh, comes close to it and the second battle erupts the fancy is able to overpower the fateh mohammed and because of this they are able to capture about 30 million dollars worth of bounty in today's currency it's a lot of money for these pirates and the payout could have been successful but they decide that they want to aim higher they want to bring down the ganj e sawai so the ships then start in pursuit of this big behemoth of a ship it's a long chase that takes a long time but henry every is persistent he has waited an entire year for this exact moment and he knows that his ship is capable of catching up the chase is extensive and the ganja sawai thinks that it's almost made it out they're close to surat not very far from the coast when a person looking out from the deck of the ganja sawai puts an eyeglass and in the distance he sees the fancy with its pirate flags fluttering and it's looking dangerous because of the speed with which it's covering water he quickly calls the captain a man called mohammed ibrahim the captain looks through the eyeglass and he sees the ship and he scoffs because the ship is relatively small the fancy had 46 guns the ganja sawai had 80 plus they had the 400 men who were armed and trained he is not at all afraid he is waiting for the fancy to catch up so that they can show the fancy their might the fancy does catch up and then two things happen which are essentially luck and improbability two particular things happen which change the nature of this particular event and also the nature of history to come as the fancy draws near to the ganja sawai mohammed ibrahim gives the command for the cannons to fire there are many reports as to why the next few events happen some people say that the cannons that they were using on the ship were land cannons others say that the cannons were filled with impurities the gunpowder was wrong the manufacturing of the cannons was defective but for whatever reason when mohammed ibrahim gives the command the cannons do not fire cannon balls at the fancy instead they explode the cannons 
had effectively turned into bombs. They explode on the deck and it instantly kills every single man around it. The shrapnel flies across the deck, severely hurting and maiming other people on the deck. It's catastrophe. Chaos starts erupting on the decks of the Ganja Savai. And now we come to the second event, which was equally improbable. At the same time, on the fancy, Henry Avery gives the command for his cannons to fire. Now imagine being on that ship trying to aim a cannon at another ship. It's difficult because you have to eyeball it. The accuracy completely depends on your guess. On top of that, it's not a stable land plane that you're operating from. It's choppy, completely uh, moving water. So now imagine the odds of the thing that happens next. As he gives the command, the first cannonball to fly from the fancy goes right through the main mast of the Ganje Savai. It cracks right through it, barrels through it, breaks it in half, and the main mast crashes onto the deck of the Ganje Savai. And with it comes down the sails and the rigging. And the boat is now effectively stuck. Fancy now comes right up close to it, and the pirates jump on the ship. What follows next is vicious ferocious hand-to-hand combat. Swords are drawn in a scene that would essentially just be another part of the Pirates of the Caribbean. It's brutal. And one of the reasons that the Ganja Savai eventually succumbs turns out to be the captain himself. Mohamed Ibrahim was not a man of strong nerves. When he sees the pirates drawing clothes, he panics. Instead of staying on the deck and fighting with his men, he chooses instead to hide in his chambers. What he does next is he sends two slave girls to fight the pirates. Because of this, his men are demoralized and eventually the pirates overcome them. This turns out to be a nightmare scenario for the people on the Ganja Savai. Because the pirates are barbarous. They wreak havoc. Murder, pillaging, rape. They catch hold of the crew of the Ganja Savai and they torture them until they tell them where the the loot and the bounty of the ship is. All the spices, all the gold, all of it is hauled off the Ganja Savai and put onto the pirate ships. To give you an idea of how terrible the torture of these pirates was, let me tell you that a lot of people on the Ganja Savai chose to jump into the sea or stab themselves with their knives instead of facing the pirates. Eventually, they, the pirates leave the Ganja Savai. They board their own ships. Not a single pirate has been lost in this entire altercation, which is an incredible outcome. They divide the bounty and then they disappear into the horizon. The Fateh Muhammad and the Ganja Savai eventually limp into the harbour of Surat. These ships have been ravaged. It's devastating what has happened. And as these ships enter Surat, the tragedy of it unfurls and seismic shockwaves rip through Surat. The news is eventually conveyed to Aurangzeb, who is furious. 
because these pirates have hit him where it hurts the most they have not only attacked his fortune but because the ship was coming from mecca they have also attacked his faith he now wants retribution news comes in that these pirates were englishmen and on hearing that he decides to seek vengeance from traders who were operating in his land it's a company called the east india company now in the 1690s you must remember that east india company wasn't the all conquering empire that it eventually became they were in fact small traders who were just about setting a foothold in the country they had two major uh, locations where they were located one was surat and the other was bombay the east india company had a big problem on their hands because to aurangzeb there was no distinction between the crown between the corporation and between the pirates to him all were just englishmen and he blamed the east india company there were rumors that had reached his ears that the east india company was in collusion with these pirates people started telling him that the east india company not only got money from trading but also they would take a cut from the loot that the pirates would do on the mughal merchant ships now if this was true or not is unclear but essentially the east india company did not do as much as they would have liked to prevent piracy so pirates used to infest the waters and prey on all these merchant ships immediately after this happens a mob gathers at the factory in surat of the east india company the person heading the factory was a man called samuel ansley and he is concerned he shuts the gates and he's hoping that the mob will disappear but the mob doesn't because they've heard terrible stories coming back from the ganja sawai the governor of surat arrives and he is forced because of public sentiment to put everyone who works in the factory under arrest samuel ansley and his men are chained in their factories awaiting the verdict of aurangzeb in the meantime they have written to britain denouncing henry every and writing in uh, in no uncertain terms that if they if england does not take a hard stance against pirates there's going to be a huge future repercussion because england has started getting a, a reputation as being a nest for pirates and if piracy wasn't stopped then future trade would be in jeopardy so immediately england to pacify aurangzeb puts out this statement they declare henry every to be an enemy of all mankind it's the first time that an international manhunt for a single person begins military powers international governments local law enforcement and amateur bounty hunters are all looking for henry every this is not enough to pacify the wrath of aurangzeb aurangzeb sends a very formal missive to the east india company he basically says this he says that first you must rid the waters of these pirates and then you have to compensate us for the loss that we have incurred because of the pirates and lastly you must provide protection for the mughal merchant ships samuel ansley gets this missive this letter and 
he's intrigued because in the last proposition of aurangzeb he sees an opportunity the british government is already trying to rid the waters of the pirates they're happy to compensate the moguls for the loss but it's the third thing the request for protection or the demand for protection that particularly gets his interest because samuel ansley realizes that if they offer the moguls protection they might get a foot in the door for getting complete control of the water he realizes that the british have a good navy they have the ships and the arms to provide this protection all they needed was legal authority and now aurangzeb is giving it to them himself in fact he is demanding it in fact samuel ansley the cheeky bastard also decides that he is going to charge aurangzeb for it he thinks that it might also help the bottom line so he starts he has this idea that he's going to charge aurangzeb protection money to protect him from british pirates and also he is eventually imagining this idea of these fleets coming in getting sovereign control of the water and pushing the other countries out the manhunt for henry every begins and it's difficult to trace his whereabouts they see that the after the pirates split the bounty henry every made his way all the way to bahama there he bribes a corrupt official and he is able to dock there for a while then he and a couple of his other shipmates they take a small boat called the sea flower and they head towards ireland and that's when his trail goes cold henry every disappears into history vanishing with his loot the loot he was able to plunder is worth in today's currency about 200 million dollars he disappears with it never to be found again but england have to set an example not only to pacify aurangzeb but also to send a wider message to other people that they are trading with that they have nothing to do with the pirates to this end they are able to catch a few of the people who were on the the fancy when they did all this looting and plundering one of the men they catch because he had sewed all the gold into his suit and he was staying at an inn when the maid came to clean his room she folded his clothes and then she realized that it was very heavy and which is why she called the authorities in this man was arrested and immediately he turns on the pirates and tells the authorities everything that happened they are tried and eventually six men are hung it sends a strong message that england no longer has any leniency towards piracy the manhunt for henry every will go on for a long time he remained enemy of all mankind for a long time and the consequences of henry every was that eventually the british would be able to send fleets into the waters of india through legal authority and after that they are able to send armies eventually aurangzeb dies and after him chaos ensues it's only in 1757 with the battle of plassey that the british suddenly start becoming the empire and the force that we know them as today and all of it couldn't have happened without henry every and his decision to loot aurangzeb which is why 
when those gold coins were found in america it was cause for a lot of excitement the hope is that these gold coins might finally reveal what happened to henry every enemy of all mankind so that's the story i hope you enjoyed it if you did then please leave a like and a comment i promise you i read every single comment especially the good ones uh as usual this episode is brought to you by my career if you'd like to support my career then do check the description because you'll find links for shows i'm going to be doing until next time goodbye